with the kids back in school, I'm finally able to get back to whatever it is I call work these days. And that got me thinking of that television station I used to work at in Tallahassee with not that Robert Burns. There was a point in time where they were hiring a new general manager, and though my boss had applied as an internal candidate, the station went another direction and hired some guy from California. His name was Bob, and it turns out the TV station he was managing previously got bought out by a much larger operation, and they wanted Bob all up out of there, so they wrote him a huge check, which everybody in our office referred to as a golden parachute, and Bob found a better opportunity in Florida with us. With that, he waltzed in the place wearing leather suspenders, driving a red Porsche, and toting around a real fake wife. It was said that at around 4.15 or 4.30, as Bob would start to pack up his very nice leather attache case, that Bob O'Clock had rolled around, and that's when we would all loosen our ties and roll up our sleeves, because it wouldn't be long until he strolled out with that case over his shoulder at around 4.59, heading for the Porsche. Even though our office didn't close until 5.30, when you have a golden parachute, there's no reason you should remain golden handcuffed to your desk. But today, we'll stay tied to the mic as we talk about fashion tips, homeopathy, and magic dragons as we take a puff and start joshing around. It's been reported that chief executive officers of major companies now make 312 times that of an average worker. If we use the Big Mac index to assume an average worker would pay about $5 for lunch, that means these CEOs should spend $1,500 when they go out to dine in the afternoon time. We could do the same math on simple used cars in modest average homes, and that would equate to a car worth $4 million and a home that costs $66 million. But of course, that's arcane. Rich people don't spend their money, and it is a small sample size, as only 350 CEOs were reported. It's also true that when times get tough, it's usually the boss that goes down with the ship. Some of them might even jump out of the window because once you've aspired to such heights, how could you ever dine on a Big Mac again? Though our president, rich as he is, loves a simple hamburger with ketchup. So keep in mind, it might not be what I report it to, but for every dollar that goes up, it can't likely trickle down. So that's why I frown at CEO pay going up 27% last year while average workers saw their salaries remain flat with a modest half a percent increase. Paul Manafort, President Trump's former campaign advisor who's been on trial for tax evasion and money laundering among other charges, has been seen in court wearing no socks with his loafers recently. It seems there's a reason outside of fashion and that is Mr. Manafort can only wear white socks approved by the U.S. Marshal Service, and he doesn't want to be seen in white socks. With that in mind, Esquire came out and made fun of him because they say white socks are hot right now. Well, maybe in Chicago, but as for me, I think the look of no socks and loafers is timeless. To wear shoes with no socks, you've got to be very confident have quality leathers or some Dr. Scholl's insoles. Otherwise, your dogs are going to be barking loud. I found some tiny socks that can slide in there that nobody sees. Don't worry, there aren't little pom-poms attached. But typically, I do wear business dress socks. I pay about 3 to $5 for them, though I've got my eye on a $40 pair of Pima cotton socks. 
a CEO, though, would laugh at that because with their pay, they probably pay $936 for a pair of socks. As for Esquire, I used to be an avid reader until I found one of their fashion columnists suggest you could mix patterns with prints. That seems like a ridiculous idea to come at me with horizontal stripes, jungle cats, and vertical diagonals. But I guess they've printed enough magazines they should know better. I stopped reading in disgust, though I do keep that advice in the back of my mind in case I ever end up looking outlandish. Truly, though, I'm getting older, and it's becoming obvious in my attire. While I still fit into some clothes from the 90s, most of my wardrobe comes from the mid-2000s, right before I had kids. Though I did go on a bit of a shopping spree before my honeymoon, so I do have a fleet of cabana wear. Otherwise, though, most of my outfits consist of print t-shirts telling about the places I've been or the races I've run. There's sad news to report out of England, where Queen Elizabeth's homeopathic doctor was killed riding a bike. Tragic as this is, I've obviously seen too many movies because I initially thought it was a plot against the throne. In reality, it's the eighth bicyclist killed in London since May and the fifth to be struck by a truck. Dr. Peter Fisher had 15 years of service to the crown, and while there's been no official statement as of yet, Sir Marcus Setchell, the Queen's former gynecologist, told London's Evening Standard the much-respected doctor saw homeopathy as complementary to medical care. I want to talk more about homeopathy, but let's rewind that past story back just a bit to note that the Queen's former gynecologist is a knight. I wonder if he was knighted for his service to the royal vagina, or if he just happens to be an all-around great guy. Homeopathy is an alternative medicine created in 1796 based on the doctrine, like cures like. It's thought that a substance that causes symptoms of a disease in healthy people would cure symptoms of the sick. Known as a pseudoscience, large-scale studies have found homeopathy no more effective than a placebo. I don't practice homeopathy, but I have been taking sugar pills for years, and I'm healthy as a horse. Long before homeopathy, Greek and Roman physicians practiced humorism. They believed that the human body is filled with four basic substances, called humors, which are in balance when a person is healthy. However, excess or deficit of one of these four humors would cause disease and disability. The four humors are black bile, yellow bile, phlegm, and blood, and corruption of the humors is thought to be caused by inhaling the vapors. This theory is closely related to the theory of the four elements, earth, fire, water, and air, with earth predominantly present in the black bile, fire in the yellow bile, water in the phlegm, and all four elements present in the blood. After hundreds of years of humorism, modern medicine in the 18th century found a cutting-edge method to aid the humors. Known as heroic medicine, it was a therapeutic method advocating for the rigorous treatment of bloodletting, purging, and sweating to shock the body back to health after an illness caused a humoral imbalance. One of America's great heroes, George Washington, had heroic medicine performed on him as he lay on his deathbed in 1799. He was bled repeatedly and given mercury chloride and several blisters of cantharidin to induce sweating. Washington died shortly after receiving this rigorous heroic treatment. Though heroic treatment was much in the hands of the professionals, practitioners believed that a fever should be suppressed and any drugs used should be powerful and given in large doses. Under this onslaught, domestic medicine dwindled in importance even treatments that have been found effective in the past were relegated to the realms of old-fashioned folk medicine. 
Luckily, heroic medicine fell out of favor in the mid-19th century as more gentle treatments became the norm. Speaking of old-fashioned folk medicine, vaccines, the heroes of the 20th century, seem to be similar in composition to the theory of homeopathy. Considering a vaccine typically contains an agent that resembles a disease-causing microorganism and is often made from the weakened or killed forms of this microbe, I would say that lines up pretty close to like curing like. Huh, what do you know? Maybe the queen's onto something. As a kid, I had a book about Louis Pasteur and I just couldn't put it down. So I know all about vaccines and pasteurization. In fact, I read that book so many times, mom probably thought I was gonna be a doctor. At the same time though, I also had a fascination with a book based on the song, Puff the Magic Dragon. And over time, that one seemed to have more sway over my destiny. Sorry, mom. Homeopathically speaking, follow your dreams and work towards your goals by doing the same thing and expecting different results. Like cures like, so if you don't love it, leave it alone while we end the show right around Bob o'clock. Hope I kept you in good humor with these heroic tales. Remember, just as every white knight needs a squire by his side, so too do magic dragons need little boys. Take care cycling through London's city streets and show kindness to the boss as you might one day be in need of benevolence in case we fall victim to the vapors from all this joshing around.